On Pop Fiction Women, we explore what it means to be a complicated woman. Tired of endless variations of leading men next to one-dimensional archetypes of women or strong female leads written by men that were essentially guys in women's bodies. We started this show to highlight the many female characters in entertainment worth exploring, as well as the women who dreamt them up. And now we're adding those creators to our conversations, discussing their process and passion in bringing these women to life. Welcome to Complicated Conversations. On these episodes, there's no spoilers. So come on, it's starting. On this episode of Complicated Conversations, we welcome back Kate Baer, the three-time New York Times bestselling author of What Kind of Woman, I Hope This Finds You Well, and her most recent collection of poetry, And Yet. Her work has also been published in The New Yorker, Lit Hub, Huffington Post, and The New York Times. Welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Kate. Thank you so much for having me back. This was so nice. I'm so honored to come back. We had such a good time last time, now that I'm remembering it, and (laughs) so happy to be back. Yeah, we've been reminiscing about last time. That's right. So before we dive into And Yet, I want to catch our listeners up on your life kind of outside of this book. We spoke to you last time in early 2021, celebrating what kind of woman, but since then you've published two more books of poetry to great success, and you went on your first book tour blazing your way in a hot pink suit that we are sending homage to in our Which pink Which I didn't know, today. so I'm so sorry for not matching. I no. retired that suit for now, but good, it'll come good, back good. out sometime. Well, tell us about that experience, publishing again, coming out of the pandemic, going on book tour, meeting the people that are connecting with your poetry. What has that been like? Okay, so I hadn't gone on a book tour at all. Yeah. When I talked to you last, yeah, it's been right. that long. Time yeah. has been so weird. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Okay, so the book tours have been phenomenal. I'm an introvert, so I was kind of nervous to be on stage, and I'm not like a public speaker. But now it's like a drug. Like I can't stop. Oh. Like when can I go out again? I love it so much. Oh I feel so God, comfortable God. up there. I love it. There is just nothing like walking out onto the stage and having a bunch of people scream for you. I was yeah. like, oh, this is you know, the, my first book came out and I was talking to an a Zoom screen where I saw nobody but the moderator yeah. and I was like reading poems basically to no one. Yeah. And it felt it felt like no one. Like I was just saying it to myself in this empty room and the difference of being live with other people Mm. has been just life-changing I love it so much every single event has been I I give it a 10 out of 10 I don't necessarily love the travel sometimes but the events themselves have been just wonderful I mean like Mm. life-changing I'll never stop doing it as long as they'll have me the signing lines I just meet so many incredible women Uh that it's just been it's just been wonderful I I've yeah I can't quit so I love it have been the highlight of my publishing life yeah fantastic (laughs) that is amazing it's the energy right we've done a live um, podcast and you know we actually okay so you know yeah we did it it was we had to do a whole podcast after it just to describe (laughs) the feelings to debrief Yes. Yes. Yeah. To debrief yes. You can and just... hear them. Yes. You can hear the laughter. You can yeah. hear the 
reaction. Talking amongst, yeah, the reactions and see people's faces. This last book tour, there were less masks. Yes. I was so lucky to go for, I hope this finds you well, but I couldn't see people's faces, but at least I could hear them laughing. This time I could, it's like each time has been an upgrade from Zoom to masks to being able to see people's whole faces laughing and crying because we laugh together, we cry together. Every single time I find myself crying with other women who stand up and, and share their stories. And it's been really beautiful. So I'm glad that you also got to experience that because there's nothing like it. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Amazing. And how about the writing process? Has that changed for you from book one when we first spoke to you to now? I mean, I know you no longer write at Panera, for example, and you actually have an office, but yeah, are there yeah. other changes in terms of your your writing and the process from then until till this book? No, if anything, I have maybe more childcare, so there's more working days, mm-hmm. but the location is the same and the dedication, I would say, is, is pretty much the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, we want to no dive into... Yeah. No more Panera. Exactly. Yeah. We want to dive into, and yet, this is your third book of poems. What were you trying to do that was a little different with this with this one? What message were you trying to send? What Where were you trying to go deeper? What were you trying to convey to your readers? I did not, I wouldn't say I started out this book saying this is what I'm going to talk about. I think yeah. most of the time when writers do that, it, it doesn't really ever end up in the same spot. So there wasn't like a list of themes that I wanted to tackle at all. I would say the biggest roadblock was what kind of woman. It just kind of hung over me. Mm. And and it it was a stumbling block at first because I felt this immense pressure to kind of recreate that. And I didn't want to. Of course, the same themes are present. And I think probably the rest of my life, those kind of similar themes will be there. But I wanted it to be different. And so I really had to kind of get out of my own way and, and kind of get over that. Like, you, you don't need to write the same book. And I didn't, I didn't want to. So that took some time to, like, allow playfulness back into my writing. And I just kept telling myself, it doesn't have to be the same. Yeah. You don't have to do this for anyone who, like, wants the same book twice. And so, yeah, it, it was hard to, to do that at first. I would say I hope that it's different. It, it feels to me more like a breakup album. Um, not with my husband not yet but more with the world and and just kind of the things that we have been or at least I've been going through and and kind of grappling with over the last few years and so I do hope it's it's different it felt different to write for sure breakup album that is so good yeah I'm I think Taylor Swift is like obsessed with me because she put out Midnight's right at the same time yeah and she kind of wrote a breakup album not not with a partner but kind of with herself self yeah and with the world and and I kind of yeah I think she just really wanted to make a soundtrack for the book so yeah, that's Taylor. perfect. Taylor. Well, we love we yeah. love Taylor's obsession Shout out with you, Taylor. Kate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes. also a breakup from I, I, and this is my reading of it from expectation in a lot of ways. Yeah. Which, which, what kind of woman was as well? But this is kind of even folded over on itself, and I think that's what Midnight's is as too is. Yeah, just yeah. whatever you expect, throw it yeah. out the window because I got yeah. something to say. Yeah, yeah. So we want to start at the end, if that's okay, with Fatal Flaw, which mm-hmm. um, is the last poem in the book. 
because we feel like this is really sort of an anthem for pop fiction women, or it could be you always seem to write <laughs> totally. one. Um, last time it was Moonsong for pop fiction women. Okay. We, we talk about complicated women of not being just one thing. And I feel like you always have one that really could be our anthem. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I yeah. <laughs> have to write another book now. <laughs> there you go. Find a contract to do so. So I will make sure to hopefully include that for you next time Perfect. as well. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. This is Fatal Flaw. I throw a surprise party for my rage. Corner booth, a handful of first responders. Thanks for coming, I announce, slamming down my quarters. Sometimes I think I must be an insult to this world. Once a little drunk, I wrote in slut and oh, how I am both. Too full of hope one moment, too full of disgust the next. Just check the weather or my poems. Good today and bad tomorrow, like a dog following her tail. And yet, and yet, and yet. Oh, I just love that. I mean, love it. like we said, we talk on here and I've heard you say as well that there are so many parts to a whole person. And like, as you say in this, you're full of hope, full of disgust, good today bad tomorrow, enraged, flawed, like everything. And yet here we are. So tell us about this one, sort of what you were thinking and feeling at the time. I wrote this poem last, which, you know, normally when you're putting together, well, for the rest of all the other books and this one, the same, you kind of look at all the poems that you have, pieces that you have and then kind of put them in in an order And this poem came right at the end in final edits. I said, can we add this one in? I just wrote it. I think it belongs in this book. And we stuck it in as the last poem because it felt like a closing song or, you know, our closing piece that very much summed up everything else. It's hard to say what I was feeling when I wrote it because it was one of those pieces that I wrote kind of out of of my body. I was really worked Uh. up. That corner booth of first responders, that's what my friends and I call when one of us sends out something, I'm I'm feeling awful, you know, this is what happened with my kid, this is what happened with my husband, this is how I'm feeling. We call the first person who responds in the group text or in the Voxer or the Marco Polo, whatever app, we call them the first responder, and we'll often Mm -hmm. thank the first responder for giving the the first speech, you know, like, you're okay, Mm -hmm. we're all here from you. We're listening. And so I kind of was using that, you know, we call them the first responders. And I have that core group, like, I'm having a crisis, I need to talk now. And so that's, that's where that little section comes from. And that that had just happened. And I, I don't remember why anymore. It was after that meeting with those first responders. And then I kind of wrote that in, in kind of a rage, so yeah. many pieces that I can't remember the specifics, I can only remember the feeling I had. When yes. I wrote it, and I remember that one feeling very tingly, having just been with some friends, and and feeling that feeling of like, how can I be so down and out, and then be laughing with mm. them the next minute, and how we constantly that, live with that feeling. Yes, mm-hmm. that is what I was. That is what I could feel in that one, and especially with the and yet, and yet, and yeah. yet, yeah. it implies contradiction, but contradiction that's not supposed to be reconciled it's not supposed to be it is and we talked about this and I I know you watched Fleischman is in trouble Kate and I talked about this a lot with that show like how she talked so much about and both and both and that is I felt like that was a real theme 
in this book of poems too. It's there's you a, have to hold space for both. Sorrow and Bliss. Did you guys yes. read that by Meg yes. Nelson? On Meg your Meg. recommendation. That, that book yes. is very much like that because yes. you, she's so down. There it is. Love, yes. Yeah. And, and, and that feeling, I recognized myself in that so much. The feeling of like, I can't ever get it together. I'm not doing this. But then being, but then seeing so much hope and being like, oh, I, everything's going to be okay in the next breath. And how the, those two feelings are really never going to disappear. And almost how when you feel the worst, it's the time the hope emerges the strongest right. it, it can. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Which I want to talk about brings me to Halfway There, which is one of my absolute favorites of, of all time. Do you read that one? Oh, sure. This is called Halfway There. Whatever happens, you are free to go. Free to peel off what's left of this story and choose another. It is not too late. It is definitely worth the trouble. Remember the story of the lion lost without his courage, too scared, full of fury, the great wizard standing in the Emerald Tower, knowing the lion was already brave. Oh, mm. I, that one is so fantastic. So I, for this one in particular, I really wanted to ask you, how do you pair the title? Does the title come first? The title comes later? title comes in revision? Because... The thing about halfway there is it never feels halfway there. It feels impossible. It feels the goal is so far away. And yet, it's also totally inside you. Like the lion you're talking about there you know, in Wizard of Oz, the courage is already within you. And yet you're looking out there and it's so far away and you'll never, ever get there. And it's not worth the trouble. It's too late. You know, all the excuses we tell ourselves. And so halfway there is kind of what we're talking about, both end. It's so far away, and yet it's completely within yeah. you. And how did you pick halfway there, <laughs> if that's a question? You guys are so nice to say these things to me. <laughs> I haven't looked at that poem for a while. Some poets I've read really hate choosing titles. I actually really love that part. It's one of my favorite mm. parts, and I always do it last. And so that title was chosen last. It felt right for that piece. I wrote that piece for someone who doesn't know it. Mm. And I know they read it, but I never told them because oh, I love that. Mm. sometimes there are struggles we have in life that only we can, we can change ourselves and maybe outside input isn't really helpful. But that was my, my little siren song that I hope they find. Oh, I oh, love that. That poem just got even better. I know. <laughs> Hidden messages? Yeah. Please. My little hidden message. Talk about yeah. Taylor Swift there. <laughs> <laughs> <Little> Easter <Yeah>. eggs. <laughs> so I want to talk about burnout, which really, though, is a means I want to talk about motherhood, which you talk about a lot in your poetry. We talk about a lot on this podcast. We are all mothers here and just sort of the the expectations. We said at the start of this, this is sort of a breakup album slash book to expectations. And I think as mothers in society, there are no greater expectations placed on anyone than mothers. And, you know, in this, you talk about all the things, you know, you cannot discuss anymore just because, as you know, I cannot discuss potty training and sleep schedules and have one more minute of conversation about video games. It shows there's just, we're constantly sort of inundated with all of this. And I felt like at the, this poem to me was sort of like this, like, 
back off people kind of a kind of a thing because at the end it's like I don't know what it is to be a good mother when mother is already heavy enough and I just thought I read this and I'm like yes like why do you have to insert that adjective in front of a word that is so loaded with expectations and unrealistic metrics and so I just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on that generally. Because again, I know it's a theme that that you return to a lot and, and I assume always will. And as we said at the start, you probably keep returning to some of these things. Yeah. You know, that poem came in the, in the midst of a literal burnout, which I think mm-hmm. most people can relate to who have children. Mm-hmm. You just get to that point where it's like, I can't take on one more thing. I can't be asked to be an expert on every single thing in parenting I think social media really does not help with this. There's a lot of great things social media does for women and mothers, but there's a lot of side effects, some and yet's there. And one of them is this feeling of always needing to have the answer on something because there's so many infographics on like, here are eight ways you're you're kind of screwing up your kid. That's not what the infographic says, but that's what I take from it. Like, well, I'm not (laughs) doing half of these. Yeah. And some of that's, is on me and how I'm responding to what I see online and also what I hear in my real life. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get into these parenting conversations or circles where my brain is just screaming, I can't take any more of this. I can't, I can't take any more conversation on all the different ways we can be a better mom on all the different ways we're failing. It's like, I'll hear my friends talk about all the guilt they feel. And I'm like, you're one of the best mothers I know. Stop, stop saying that because if you're, if you're screwing it up, well, then I'm surely losing sight of things. (laughs) I, I, I'm certainly, certainly failing. And it's not that I'm upset with them. It's that I, I get upset and and so overwhelmed with this feeling of, of that we need to be somehow perfect and so good or else our children are going to be messed up forever. (laughs) Most of us are doing our best and we know better, do better. But I I just, I can't, I don't know. I I think most of us have gotten to that point. And I I think most of it is the societal pressure that we are also putting ourselves into. Yeah. Yeah. And makes me think of what kind of woman where it's, it's also reductive because they don't want you to be a perfect anything else. You don't have to be, once you're a mother, you don't have to have the perfect body. You don't have to have the perfect job. You don't have to, in fact, better if you don't care about those things, because that will be energy you can put to being a perfect mother, right? And and how, ugh, that does nobody any any justice. So you're talking a a lot about some things that I want to touch on. There are three poems, I think, that really focus on narratives, and they are MILF, the uh, magic of tidying up and true grit and which maybe is true grit might feel like the outlier but milf and the magic of tidying up are old narratives that you're like I'm done with these we don't yeah. boys will be boys no just just no just I don't want to hear it anymore stop but you it you still do hear it I still I know. hear it maybe it's because I, I live in Pennsylvania I hear it all the time like why are of we course. saying this this is so dumb Oh, yeah. no, let me tell you, New York City here, I had to remind my <laughs> daughter that being hit doesn't mean they like you or being yeah. mean to you doesn't mean they oh like you. And yeah. if that yeah. does, then you run away from that person because you yeah. don't want someone <laughs> who expresses their care for you that way. 
exactly. tell them to use your words. Exactly. <laughs> and then true grit also. I don't I loved this one because it's talking about you're asking a friend how her vacation was and she says, "Well, and you all know you're like in a group. I can see the whole yeah. thing. It's so cinematic. You're in a group and you're going, "Oh, well, we know what that means. That means oh, yeah. my, my terrible parents, my terrible, you know, siblings and and this is what it's We've really like." We've gotten to the point where it's like when someone goes on a family trip, we're kind of eager for them to get back. Like <laughs> What did her mom say this time? You're like, yes. you know it. Or if it's a mother-in-law, that's especially juicy. You're like, yeah. asking one of your friends to go to the beach with their mother-in-law for a week. It's like when they get back, you're like, go ahead, let it out. There's so Tell much. The yes. Stories. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's so great. Yeah. And, and the last line of that poem is like, I, I, I want to, so I don't get it wrong, just look it up. It is... Oh, yeah. And that's what we call a really good time. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what you I, say when people, do you have fun at the beach? You're like, yeah, it was a really yes. good time. But was yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But was, but was it? it? Tell the truth. Yeah. Tell yeah. the truth. Yeah. yeah. And if so, you do, the stories will pour out. Yeah. Are you thinking about very intentionally turning those narratives on their head? Or are you coming from a place where why am I still hearing this? Or, you know, what is what you hope people will take away from that? I know it too. It's and by the way, your answer can be all of these things. But yeah, you know, I, I the magic of tidying up really made me think like, I'm done with these. I'm throwing them away. They don't serve anybody anymore. Yeah, I mean, for that one magic of tidying up, that was a very intentional piece, because I hate those phrases. And so I kind of was thinking about that and put those phrases together. The other one about true grit, that's so funny. I just wrote that to goof off. I was not trying to flip any narrative. I was just trying to out my friends and make a joke, which mm. I feel like half of my work is, is just trying to get the joke in. I love it. So I wasn't trying to change any narrative there. I was just laughing to myself, thinking about how this happens all the time with our families. It's a very and yet situation because I love my family, but, but being a weekend away is taxing, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. We're just coming yeah. off some holidays that I needed to recharge afterwards <laughs> all from exactly. all my time off. Yeah. I love my parents. I had a great childhood. They're very nice. My sister's nice, but being all together, it's like I could murder them. I, yeah. and so that was more with that poem was about is, is just that tension that lies in family that you can't choose. Yeah, yeah. But the other one was more, much more of an intentional piece of here are some phrases I hate. And yeah, kind of and MILF too. Redefining sure. MILF. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. I love when people say MILF now yeah. <laughs> in these interviews. How many times can I make someone say it? <laughs> so you're getting, you're getting your jokes in. Even I'm there. really getting my jokes in. Right. So I want to talk about idea, which I it's hard for me to pick a favorite. Oh, <laughs> Corinne yeah, knows it. My knows one of my. This might be my other favorite. Too. No, this might be my other favorite. But <laughs> mine too. Oh my gosh, um, you guys are so fun. I wish we were having coffee uh, together in real life. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, thank you. Um, I, I it. So if you could it. read this one, sure. I'd love to talk about this one. Page thirty-eight. This is called idea. I will enjoy this life. I will open it like a peach in season, suck the juice from every finger, run my tongue over my chin. I will not worry about cliches or uninvited guests peering in my windows. 
I will love and be loved, save and be saved a thousand times. I will let the want into my body, bless the heat under my skin, my life, I will not waste it. I will enjoy this life. Oh my God. I, I just, yeah. I hear that and it's so like aspirational to me mm. and it like, <laughs> feels so decadent. Like the imagery, of course, with the sucking the juice from this overripe peach, but mm. just also the the encouraging of desire and wanting, which is something we talk a lot about. And I just, I don't know, was it as fun to write it is, as it is to read? It feels like you were having fun. And does it inspire I, you? Yeah. Yeah. I When I read it, I think I more just feel that feeling again of being so frustrated with myself for wasting time worrying about mm. other things, maybe what I look like or sound like. I hate the sound of my voice. So I often have a podcast or when I read my audio book, I'm just like, what am I doing? I hate this sound. Mm. I'm trying to think of things that, you know, just you get, I get into my head like, yeah. and then what a waste I get this one life. I should just be enjoying it. I also, I, I, I kind of have this visceral reaction when people say I'm getting so old now. Or I, I do it too. You make jokes about aging. And I'm like, what a privilege that we're still here, that we still get yeah. to have a birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know that Botox is, is so alluring. And maybe I'll get to that point where I'm just like, man, I got to inject my skin full of things but I, I also when people talk about I, I don't know my, my husband his cousin who is also my friend died by suicide I want to say almost 15 years ago she was she never even made it to her 30th birthday I think about her whenever I hear someone kind of make a joke about how they're not turning 30 they're turning 29 or whatever no yeah, and I, I think yeah. about I wish she were here yeah, mm-hmm. uh, need to have birthdays and uh, enjoying her life like that. So that's where that came from. Oh. Yeah, and again, the title it tells us that like here's an idea. Idea. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's yeah. do this yeah. right. Let's honor yeah. this. Let's celebrate this instead because we don't of really know yeah. how long we yeah. have. Right. Yeah. 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 I want to talk about your reference to Sally Rooney and having written three books. Did we talk about her last time? We might have. We did only in the context of normal people, but in the last book, what kind of woman you, not the last book, the in what kind of woman you talked about Phoebe Waller bridge. So those are two of our absolute icons on this podcast. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. You're right. And you answer. Cardi B also makes her debut in this book. Love so, it. She's all That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So what are you thinking about when you call on these kind of well-known, I don't know, icons of, of whatever you're talking about? And, and specifically women who don't fall into whatever expectation, mold, you know, a demand that you have of them, that they don't do that. What are you trying to invoke with those? You know, I don't, it's really not purposeful. I was, I forget what poem that is. It might be summing it up that Sally Rooney's in. I don't know. I I really didn't mean to make any statement about her at all or Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It just must have been what was on my mind. Yeah, Uh, it's in of marriage and friendship and faith. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and and about how so much of those are power struggles. Yes, I I must have been reading her. Her newest book is very much about power struggles and relationships. And everyone talks about everything else. Yes. Yeah. And the power struggle and relationships, I have not heard mentioned. I'm sure someone has. It's always talking about everything else. And I, Mm -hmm. that's all I can think about though, when I read her work, are these humans who are constantly in in power struggles with each other and Mm -hmm. how that is the same thing in my own life. When I think about conflicts in my marriage or with my friends, it's our egos that really get in the way and how we're just Mm -hmm. trying to come out on top and how destructive that is. And it's, it's kind of the downfall of, of humanity, not to get too deep, no, um, no. You know, the existential crisis really just kind of runs through this book. And I think part of that is that constant power struggle and how that is basically the downfall to all of yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, and she she writes about that so poignantly, for better or for worse. You know, I, I don't yeah. need to offer any opinions on her. I don't even know her. But yes. her work, that's what I see. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's our primal brains. Thank you very much. But that was a long ass time ago. (laughs) Like, can we evolve out of because the power struggle is about survival, right? If we're in a battle, I have to win or I die. And so it's such a it was very useful. It got us here. But when can we really get past it, especially in these most important relationships? Like, you know, your intimate relationships, like, why are we still doing this? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I read that poem and my mind was blown. You were like, this is what it's really about. And I was like, holy shit, no one has said it in that <laughs> way that landed like that before. Well, I you. thought that was fantastic. I just want to ask about the quote at the start of your book, which is actually oh from gosh. a song from yes. the High Women. Oh. Yeah. Do you so know that song? I do. I love that song. I love okay. that. Does Kate you know quote, that song? Oh, yes, she does. Yeah, do you know? I do. do. You, I cry every. I've heard that song a million times, and I cry mm-hmm. every time they say that. Yeah, in the first making course. bank, shaking yeah. hands, driving eighty, yep. trying to get home just to feed the baby. I um, heard that. I thought the, I'd never heard of a song that just caught, that just says that. Yeah, that just exactly. that just talks about motherhood so clearly, and just. And just, I, I can't even describe what it meant. I can't even put into words what it means to me. But it was like immediate tears. Like, oh, yeah. here's this woman writing about this universal experience of like trying to be a woman and also be a mother. And I, I just, yeah. it knocked me over. It's unbelievable. And the line before it, running the world while we're cleaning up the kitchen. I mean, just, yeah. it's it's perfect. I just thought yeah. I love the song. I love I love all the women in that group. Brandy Carlisle, Maren Morris, oh, Natalie Hemby, yeah. Amanda Shires. And Brandy Carlisle yeah. might yeah. actually be my Brandy Carlisle. I mean, I might actually just be my I'm Perfect. absolute favorite. <laughs> she, seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that they were able to capture that, I just felt like it was such a perfect choice for you and everything that you write about. Also, it just made me think the first time we spoke, we talked about how poetry just has this, it's just in a, in a short form can just go straight to the heart, right? Can just yeah. get at in a minimal number of words, can just speak to something so relatable. And I feel the same way about songwriting. And so 
are you, I'm a lyrics person in songs. I mean, that's what I, I relate to. So is that similar for you as a poet? Do you feel a kinship to songwriters? Oh, I know we've absolutely. already talked about Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Brandy Carlisle is my, is my number one too. So, so I good. love that. And I think sometimes I write poetry by ear mm. and I'm really paying attention to how it sounds, especially said out loud. And I think that there's probably a big crossover with poets and songwriters yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Well, we, we always end with a couple of things, but one is astrology, which we talked about last time, but we, we not only talked about astrology, we talked about Enneagram, which oh, has yeah. been so fun. Yeah. And just to recap, two, I'm a two, Kate okay. is three. a three, and you are a four. Oh so by gosh, the way, yeah, oh, mm -hmm. that's the shame <laughs> trifecta. Do you know that? Yeah. yeah. That <gasps> no. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're divided into shame, fear, and anger. And the two, three, and four are shame-based. Five, six, seven are fear-based. Yeah. And need to go to therapy together. Oh eight, my nine, goodness. one are <laughs> anger. Yeah, oh, I know. Okay, we, we have some work. And also interesting because two, three, and four, even though it's all shame-based, they do very different things with their shame. Like you ignore it, you tackle it, you never want to look at it. Like it's it's very different. So I love how those things are the same wow. but different. You yeah. have taught me so much. You've taught me last time you taught me about astrology. Well, and I'm really into the Enneagram, but I didn't know that. I'm not, I must not be yes. that far into it because I didn't know that. I'm going to be on the group chat in like 15 minutes. Good. Good. Perfect. We'll tell them. As if I discovered it though, you know. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what, what I want you. Know you like, you. you see a TikTok and you're like, I read an article. About yes, it. exactly. No, I will, I will give, I will give credit to you guys. I had no idea. That's, that's yes. very, I'm going to read about that right away. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. anyway. It is very it is really interesting and interesting to like look up for your husband or whoever else you want yeah. to get to know a yes. little better, especially in the ways, like I said, that they deal with it so differently. Yeah. But and while we were talking, I looked up, you're going to die, both of you, Kate, my Kate, especially when you hear her moon sign. Is she it's a Leo? Leo moon. Leo yes. moon. So well, your Aries. That means you're a Leo on the inside. It means your feelings, you're really... Inside oh, Leo. Yeah. Sorry, I never I'm relate to the Aries. Yeah. I'm always like, this isn't me. Yeah. Because you're an introvert. So your moon sign. Go ahead. I'm, I'm jumping in here because I got excited by Leo. No, Go that ahead. was it. Green knows more. No, that was, I was just so happy that she's like, like we're, we're each part, like this is again the connection. All fire signs, by the way. Yeah. I'm Aries sun, you're Aries sun, Kate's Leo moon, you're Leo moon. Oh my gosh. I know. I love this it. This also explains why you love the book tour and yes. the attention. Yes. I was yes. going to say that at the beginning, but I was like, oh, she's an Aries. I don't know. Yeah. That, like, give me more. Like, <laughs> I want to be in the spotlight. But yes. I'll Wait. go on a million tours. Yeah. That's the Leo. Yeah. And the Aries is the hot pink suit because Aries also mm. like the spotlight. Fire signs are not exactly they do. shrinking violets. No. But, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the Aries are much more about, like, this is me, like a bold declaration. Mm -hmm. This is me. And that to me was that, that, that pink suit was fantastic. So you guys are my therapist. I don't even need to go to therapy. You just tell me why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Okay. I'll oh, schedule why do you a, think we study a yearly things? conference, yeah. <laughs> a yearly <laughs> podcast with you. And you guys just tell me. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. We, we can, can do, do that. that. We love that. Thank you for that um, info. Wait, but now I need to add to my, I need to add to my catalog of Kate Bear. I'm going to ask you, siblings, birth order, 
what I'm what's the your oldest. yes another <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. I'm I the oldest of yes. my daughter or my daughter my daughter looks <laughs> like my sister my sister I have one sister she's like three years younger than me okay 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 yeah th- that tells a lot too and especially Howard totally. I'm now obsessed with compatibility and birth order. Oh yeah. Oh. Firstborns marry firstborns or only My children. A firstborn. I really pay attention to birth order and friendships yeah. and in marriage is very interesting. The tension yeah. between firstborn and firstborn though is, is tough sometimes. It is. It is <laughs> tough because you don't even know. You're just leading because you're just the firstborn. It's not even a right. power grab. It's just like this is what I do. Yeah. I'm the firstborn. But I have a daughter. My daughter is very much like me, but she's a second born. So she's looking at things that I'm like, why are you looking at that? Who cares? Like, don't look at that. Don't pay attention to that. Because as a firstborn, it doesn't even occur to you to compare yeah. yourself in certain ways. That's where I step in. As yes, soul that's mother. where Kate is true. I don't have a daughter. <laughs> and her daughter is yeah. like my soul child. Oh, and it's true. I'm a second born and she is a second born. And she, Corinne will ask me, I'm like, oh, oh, I can explain this. Oh, oh literally that. every way that my yeah. daughter is not like me, she's like Kate. So I just go to her and I'm like, okay, what do I do about this? I have the same, my daughter is a second born and one of my best friends is a second born. And so I said, why is my daughter acting like a crazy person about this topic? She's like, oh, Mm -hmm. she's feeling threatened or she's feeling nervous. Mm -hmm. My husband and I are both firstborns, like I said, and my son, who's the firstborn, the three of us play a game. We play this game called Settlers. Do you know what this is? Yes. Like a tan. Yeah. Yeah. We play this. We've been playing this at night. If you ever watch three firstborns try to play a board game, it's like we won't trade with each other. We argue the whole time. By the end, we're not even speaking. We keep doing it, though. I'm like, I'm either going to get a divorce from this or we're going to put our son in therapy because we just we cannot. But I keep thinking this will help us come together. But we just fight the whole time. And you're supposed it's like a game of trading, but like we won't trade with each other because we're just like, (laughs) no, don't give us, don't, you know, it's really, it's a, we we should be studied when we're playing this because it's a very stereotypical situation. I love it. Well, let me tell you something about that. It does bring you together because my son (laughs) who doesn't, my son, so. I'm firstborn. My husband's really an only child, and my son is obviously the firstborn. And he came home and wrote a paper and was like, "the the thing my family has taught me more than anything is that you fight, but you like get past it. You fighting, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh my gosh, that's were you the like benefit. So that's proud. Good. Oh, so were you like, proud. Oh my gosh, we're we're not totally screwing this up. That you can recognize that. That's incredible. Yes. yes. Here's yes. the here's the other thing about parenting. What doesn't screw up one screws up the other. So That's my son takes true. away that beautiful, you know, yeah. and my daughter's like, I can't stand the fighting. I hate it. Stop. Yeah. Why? Oh, totally. I'll never get up. I'll never get up. Because she is, like I said, she went around the couch the other night and was like, what does it feel like to be a firstborn? I don't know. She's like, it just is. Ask my, my son, what does it feel like to be a firstborn? I don't know. It just is. Ask my husband. I don't know. Don't think about it. Yeah. Because I'm the second born. I'm the yeah. only one. I'm the only one. And none of you know how I feel. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, she you take your wins. My daughter. Yeah. yeah. yeah and exactly. then you, you have your losses. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Kate, thank you so much for joining us yet again. So we love fun. your poetry. I'm so glad. We will definitely be begging for you back again. You know, we don't like to be greedy, okay. but 
It was about time. You had two more books and we were like, Anytime. come back. Yeah. I'm writing another one. Sign me up. Oh, we're so excited. Thank you so much. We're <laughs> yeah. still you. using your advice. You actually, you know, you because of you, which we said on the last time, we kind of got reintroduced or in Corinne's case, a little bit more introduced to poetry. We're no longer afraid of it. We're like oh, embracing so it. And it's all thanks Love to, to you. Love to be the so. gateway drug. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are mine. Yes. <laughs> you are mine. That's the gateway Thank drug. Thank you for having me. You guys are so wonderful and smart and funny. And thanks for having me. Okay, now you're definitely coming back. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at Pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated. <laughs>